1: Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic. And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. There's a
2: high fly ball from KMOX Sports. That's us hit deep to left field and it's a gutter. Big fly, door. Welcome to the Meyer Jensen Sports on a Sunday morning. And the driving jam time. Can the Billigans win this one. Meyer Jensen, a personal entry law firm, because sometimes the gloves have to come off. MeyerJensen.com. Come back, pattern cut. Touchdown. Kansas City. Now, Sports on a Sunday morning on America's Sports Voice. KMOX. Love with one more at the line. sure what the delay is at this point. Now we go, Roger Ayers gives Love the ball, Love ready, free throw up, free throw, good. Four point game, 8.2 on the clock, inbound comes to Keels, Keels will motor up the floor with six seconds, he'll launch a three at the top of the key, it's no good, rebound secured by R.J. Davis, Davis will dribble it out, and the Heels kick their rivals to the curb, on their way to their 12th national
3: title game. There it is from Westwood One last night. Kevin Kugler with the call. Tom Ackerman here. North Carolina beats Duke and moves on to the national championship game tomorrow night in New Orleans. Our own Caleb Love sealing the deal there with the free throw and joining us is a man I know was all smiles last night watching Caleb, watching Hubert, watching North Carolina move on, and that is the Hall of Fame coach, Roy Williams, joining us on KMOX. Coach, thanks so much for being with us.
4: Tom, it was a great night, so I'm still riding high. Uh, amazing thing to me is I did sleep a little bit last night, so I'm doing well, but I appreciate you having
3: me. I appreciate you being on. We were wondering that, whether uh, North Carolina fans had gone to sleep. I said I would think that Coach Williams got a little bit of rest. He's got a big day coming up today and, of course, tomorrow. And uh, First of all, I know you and I have crossed paths in the past, uh, calling a a couple of North Carolina games and being around you in the Kansas program when you would come in and face Missouri. And the one thing you always told me was that you had a history with KMOX that on those late nights recruiting, the tones of Jack Buck and Mike Shannon and Cardinal Baseball helped you through some of those nights. Isn't that true?
4: That's true. I used to, you know, the, the signal was so strong that I could get it in North Carolina, even in uh, Kansas. Uh, there were many nights on the road, and I'd find KMOX, KMOX excuse me. and. But uh, basketball is my love right now, to say the least. But I do enjoy baseball. And sadly, I've been a Yankees fan since 1956. So We've been struggling quite a bit lately, but we had some great years there, too. But... Stan Musial and those teams and Albert Pujols and Tony LaRussi. I've uh, listened to the Cardinals games quite a bit and loved listening to that.
3: We're excited to have Pujols back. And I know that uh, uh, for me personally, I pick Cardinals-Yankees World Series every year. I I just hope that it happens (laughs) at some point. I, I would take that. Yeah, uh, absolutely. Uh, you also have another St. Louis connection before we talk about this great win last night uh, in that you won your first national championship here in St. Louis. You beat Illinois mm-hmm. at the Dome in 2005. I was in the house for that. What an amazing special time for you and your program.
4: Well, it was, and it was something You know, I'd had 15 great years at Kansas. Loved it, loved Allen Fieldhouse, loved the people. and uh, But I did go back to North Carolina in 2005 and, st louis you know my three favorite cities in the united states is st louis detroit and phoenix because those happen to be the three that we won national championships but that time in uh in st louis was pretty special to me and uh it was a great game we get off and play great in the first half and i told the guys at halftime i said that team illinois is the number one team in the country and they're going to make a run we've just got to keep our focus and I uh, even called a timeout, which people say I never call him, but I did late in the game. And told my team, I said, I don't have anything to tell you. I said, I just want you to catch your breath. And if you play your tail off the last few minutes right here, you're going to be national champions. But uh, St. Louis will always be a special place uh, for many reasons, and that that's a big one.
3: This is hall of fame coach Roy Williams on KMOX. And now Hubert Davis has that task of talking to his team tomorrow night in the national championship game. Wow. What a season. I really like him. I don't know him, but I'd like to, uh, based on what I see and and how he expresses his emotion, but also coach, how he cares about his players. It's genuine, isn't it?
4: Oh yes. I mean, he's, um, he's the, probably the finest individual, the nicest person that I've ever known in my life. But he is fiercely competitive also, and that's, that's a wonderful combination for me. And it's something that uh, uh, he was the last player that I helped recruit at North Carolina before I left and went to Kansas to take the job at Kansas. And I didn't get to coach him because he was a senior my last year in North Carolina, but we recruited him. He signed with us and then... Uh, that uh, summer I ended up going to to KU so I never got to coach him but uh, 10 years ago he had been at ESPN quite a while and uh, I had an opening as assistant coach position he was the first person that I thought of and even though he had never truly been a coach he had worked some with the workout guys in the NBA for a couple of years before he started with ESPN but I just thought he would be perfect for, for me for the University of North Carolina he loved the place like I did and he was phenomenal with me as an assistant for nine years. And, and so when I decided last April Fool's Day that it was time for me to stop, uh, he's the guy that I wanted to take my place. And I pushed him pretty hard and probably made it a little uncomfortable for some people how hard I pushed. But I just knew that he was the, the right man. And uh, needless to say, he's gone through a year this year that we had some some adversity, you know, because we didn't just lose a couple of games. Uh, we lost some of them by a wide margin, but still it was just one lot, one loss and he stayed focused all year, he kept practicing every day trying to get better, he had a plan, he had a way that he wanted to see them play, and uh, they bought in, and got more and more bought in, and the freshman guards we had last year turned into sophomores, including Caleb from St. Louis there, and he's just had some sensational stretches for us, and uh, it's been fun, fun, fun for me to watch, but more emotional these last couple of weeks than I ever imagined it
3: would be. I bet. And uh, just struggling to get that footing in the ACC, and then they start to take off, and you mentioned uh, the roller coaster, and then they go to Duke and win at Cameron. And then the tournament, and Baylor, they've got him down by 25, and Baylor comes back and forces OT, but they find a way to win. It says a lot about him mm-hmm. a- And then the win last night. Just uh, paint that picture for us from your perspective. When you're sitting there, you've got Mike sheshevsky uh you faced him so many times in what could always be his final game and then it turns out to be. But it's it's a win for North Carolina in the final four and on top of that it's Duke. I mean wow.
4: Well, that's exactly right. The wow is the right word. And you know, we did have some of that adversity, but as I said, he fought through that and I stood up in the locker room at the golf course on Saturday morning before we played Duke at Duke and told the guys that we were gonna win the game. And uh, they thought I was all all of them thought I was crazy and one guy called me back and said, I made a bet. And I said, you really made a bet? And he said, yeah. He said, I won $5. So I said, <laughs> you're my kind of guy with the gambling because uh, I don't ever gamble and bet on games. I enjoy doing a few, little bit of that at the golf course. But, uh, no, I think that it's, it's gotten the stage has gotten bigger. Uh, you know, you win at Duke, and that's about the biggest stage could possibly be for any regular season game ever in college basketball, whether it's North Carolina, Duke, Kansas, Missouri, that got more attention than any game. So the kids come through there, and then they go to the tournament, and uh, Virginia Tech played great and, and beat us there. But then we get in the NCAA. And as you say at uh, uh, the Baylor game, it, it's hard to have a big, big lead and see it gone. And But it was really big for us. One of our freshmen, in fact, stepped up and made a big three and started the overtime. So we were never behind And uh, against Baylor. And then just uh, we kept playing and last night, you know, Mike Krzyzewski is one of the greatest. There's no question about that. I still think that Dean Smith's the greatest uh, college coach I've ever seen or the greatest coach, period. But uh, Mike is fantastic. I respect the Dickens out of him. It's been a wonderful career. But, frankly, my dear, <laughs> I didn't care about Mike Krzyzewski last night. And the the North Carolina team, led by Hubert Davis, just had a tremendous game plan, had the toughness to stick it out, and it was Maybe as loud a crowd as I have ever heard on a continuous basis at the Final Four, and it was just an incredible night for our guys and we stepped up and made plays. And as you said in the opening, there your own St. Louis kid and Caleb Love was sensational in the second half, and uh, uh, it ended up being a great night for us and uh, uh, and one that our fans really appreciate because the rivalry with Duke is is unparalleled in college athletics.
3: I had Justin Tatum on the show last week, Caleb's coach at CBC, and yep. he spoke so fondly of Caleb, and he said, you know, some of the shots that Caleb was hitting, he said, oh, yeah, it, it reminds me very much of uh, of him playing for me. I used to say, could you scoot in just a little bit? <laughs> 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 he well, will pull and fire, won't
4: he? Oh, he will, but you know what he's done, Tom, is a He's worked at it, and every college player works hard, but there's been so many. I mean, this the, he'll have stretches where he'll never miss a single day in a week of showing up at the gym at 7.30 or 8 o'clock in the morning before classes start to get up some shots. And I'm talking that he has worked so hard on his on his shot. You know, Brady Manica, the big kid that we got from Oklahoma, as a transfer. Every time he shoots it, I think it's going in. Caleb, he gets that sizzling hot streak. And when he gets to that look in his eye, every time he shoots it, I think it's going in. I mean, you just think he had 27 in the second half of one of our guys. I think that was the UCLA game. And then last night he had 22 because he's tough enough and wants that big shot. And a lot of guys say they want it, but they're tight when they take it. In. And Caleb's not. But, I mean, again, you think final four, he scores 22 points in the second half. Uh, but a lot of that is those early morning hours in the gym where he would go in and get a bunch of shots up with just a manager to help rebound. A coach may show up, a coach may not, but he put in the extra time.
3: He did, and this is Roy Williams, his former coach uh, at North Carolina, now watching from the seats as a proud, proud North Carolina Tar Heel. There's no question about mm-hmm. that. You mentioned your previous time at Kansas. Uh, when you look at the other side tomorrow night, what do you see in, in the Kansas Jayhawks as an opponent for North Carolina?
4: Well, I think uh, several things. I think maybe the best defensive team that we will have faced all year. I uh, see that. I see Obagi is just an incredible scorer. Uh, I think that Remy Martin coming back is uh, uh, about out of the caskets almost because I just didn't know if he would ever play. And he's just been giving them a, a fresh – a little spurred here with another guy that's got a lot of energy that can do so many different things. But, uh, you know, I mean, this McCormick last night was off the charts. Uh, Wilson, I mean, all those kids have had big time moments. I mean, you know, they, yes, they lost to Kentucky, but they turned out, they, they beat Baylor. They had Baylor like 30 or something like that. So I think they're playing great basketball. And if you, it's fitting that if you look at it, national championship games, Nobody won one by throwing it in from the other end of the court or anything like that. The two teams that are playing the best basketball are playing in the national championship game. And when I'm watching Kansas play or getting scores, I'm pulling for Kansas. And I'm pulling for Kansas because it gave me 15 great years of my life, all the former players. I did some interviews yesterday with Wayne Simeon. I mean, just think, Jock Vaughn, Wayne Simeon, Uh, Nick Collison, Kirk Heinrich, Scott Pollard, Ray Fletch, Paul Pierce. You know, I can just go on down and land the line. And guys that still to this day mean a great deal to me. And so it's, it's going to be hard because I've never pulled against Kansas, never. And I won't be pulling against Kansas on Monday night. But when I look over at that bench in North Carolina, I see everybody on the coaching staff I helped coach or coached as a head coach. Uh, everybody on that team, with the exception of Brady Manick, I recruited. It's where I went to school, my wife went to school, our children went to school. So there's no question, in and I'm going to be pulling against Kansas. I'm just going to be pulling as hard as you could possibly pull for North Carolina. And it's 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 difficult even thinking about the, the emotions of both schools and, and what they've meant to me.
3: I remember covering those days against Mizzou, and I'd go to Allen Fieldhouse, and I'd hear a commotion going on in the – Concourse, I'm like, what's going on in there? They say, oh, Roy just dropped off pizzas for the uh, for the
4: kids. (laughs) (laughs) They were great, I tell you. It's uh, pizza, donuts, probably donuts more. Donuts, yeah. But I tell you what, it was uh, the kids with the student section. They they would hang out and uh, wait for the ticket distribution. It was it was impressive. And just think again, what uh, Chancellor Butte and uh, our athletic director. Bob Frederick did. They took a big gamble on me, and so it's something I've never forgotten.
3: And then finally, Coach uh, North Carolina and Kansas, and and your great history with both with Dean Smith and then Kansas, and then back to North Carolina. We all know about uh, tomorrow, and you'll have a lot of emotions flowing. But uh, you know, coaching is part of your life. Just how how uh, outside of this, when this is when you're not watching basketball, how are you spending your days, and and how is life away from coaching?
4: Well, you know, it, it, Tom, it's been hard. I really miss the coaching part. I really miss practice, the bus rides, the locker room, the silliness that you do, the tough times that you have. And you got to try to get 15, 16, 17 young men, try to pull together and make sacrifices. And But my whole life has been trying to put teams together. But I miss that part of it a great deal. But I made the decision, I've said this many times, I made the decision for the right reason, I just didn't think I was doing it as well anymore, and that was—I couldn't handle that. So I did it for the right reason. I did it my way; it didn't have to do like anybody else. And I wanted to do it quickly. When I had those serious thoughts at the end of the season last year, I, I wanted to do it quickly so I could get uh, Hubert, who I really again wanted badly to be the coach, I have him time to get out on the road to, to talk to people in the transfer portal, do some recruiting, and. Uh, and for me, it was exactly the right way to do it. Uh, I've been able to spend more time with my grandchildren, and uh, I've loved that. We had the two oldest, 12-year-old and 10-year-old both boys up in Washington, D.C. Uh, last week, and I was able to get from there up to Philadelphia on the train the first night. Uh, since the game was so late, uh, I didn't take them with me, but then on Sunday, Wanda, and I took both the boys. and So spending time with them has been uh, uh, a lot better. I've had knee surgery, waiting to get ready but have a hopefully a big time spring and summer on the golf course. So it's, uh, I miss the coaching. There's no question about that. But there's some things going on in our game that I knew I would enjoy as much. And it was the right time for Roy Williams to get on the horse and ride out
3: understand that. Coach Roy Williams, the Hall of Fame coach, with us on KMOX. Really, really appreciate this, especially on short notice, but it doesn't surprise me. You were always so kind to me anytime we cross paths, as I said, and uh, I really appreciate the time.
4: Tom, good to not see you, but good to talk to you, and uh, it's going to be a big-time game on Monday night, and it's one that, uh, it'll be emotional. I, I think I'm more emotional as a fan Than I ever was as a coach, and I've been I'm more nervous during a game, that's for sure. But uh, uh, you have a great day yourself, and uh, uh, hopefully that it'll be a great, great game, and we'll get to enjoy some golf and baseball in spring and
3: summer. Absolutely. Anytime you want to come up to a Cardinals game, you just let us know. Even, I'll do it. Tom, even even we'll everybody. even let a Yankees fan, in. it's fine.
2: Okay, I understand.
3: <laughs> have a good one. There he is, the Hall of Famer. Roy Williams with us on KMOX. That's fun. It's 11:23. The national championship is tomorrow to be North Carolina in Kansas. We take a quick break. John Moselock is going to join us
0: at the bottom of the hour at 11. this episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too, with the name your price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought
1: hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals
3: like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com recommend today. 11.30. It's KMOX, the home of the Cardinals, back in a moment from the Stiefel Sports Studio.
2: There's a high fly ball. Welcome back to the Meyer Jensen Sports on a Sunday morning. And it's a gutter. Big fly, No. Meyer Jensen, a personal injury law firm because sometimes the gloves have to come off. MeyerJensen.com. And the Philippines win this one. Touchdown, Kansas City! On
3: America's Sports Voice, KMOX. Welcome back to the show. Stiefel Sports Studio, Tom Ackerman with you. Sports on a Sunday morning on KMOX. Great to catch up with Roy Williams. That was fun. If you want to listen to it, we started at 11.05 on the Odyssey app. We'll have it up on KMOX.com this afternoon. A couple of other pieces of news before we talk to John Mosellock. Tiger Woods is on his way to Augusta National. He tweeted that today, still to be determined whether he plays in the Masters, but he says he is flying to Augusta to continue his preparation and says it will be a game-time decision. We'll talk to Dan Reardon about it on the way at 11.45. He is going to Augusta. He'll be at the Masters this weekend and Sean Manaya, the left-handed pitcher for the Oakland A's has been traded to the San Diego Padres. That report came out late last hour uh, and we'll continue to follow that as a pitcher moves into the National League, makes the Padres a little bit better, a lot better, actually. They were kind of struggling in their rotation a bit. John Mosaylock will join us after the break. The Cardinals president of baseball operations live next
2: it's a high fly ball. Welcome back to the Meyer Jensen Sports on a Sunday morning. And it's a gutter. Big fly. No one Meyer Jensen, a personal injury law firm, because sometimes the gloves have to come off. MeyerJensen.com. And the Billikens win this one. Touchdown, Kansas City! On America's Sports Voice,
3: KMOX. Welcome back to the show. Tom Ackerman with you. Sports on a Sunday morning on KMOX. Uh, How much fun was that to have Roy Williams, the Hall of Fame coach, joining us live on KMOX? Appreciate him doing that, especially on short notice, but... Carolina beats Duke and Caleb love the St. Louis and is the star and got to get Roy Williams on the show. And he agreed to do it. That was absolutely awesome. Earlier than that, we had Cardinals manager, Ollie Marmel joining us for a couple of segments as he will every Sunday morning. And also joining us on Sunday mornings at 1130. It's our pleasure to welcome back in the president of baseball operations, John Moselock of the Cardinals. Good morning, Mo. Good morning. And good afternoon in Jupiter, Florida. We've had some show as you can hear and, Ali uh, joined us in the first hour. He was terrific. He, he, I think, has done very well in handling the media, so no surprise that he was very good at talking some baseball here. It's pretty, pretty easy-going atmosphere, I'd say, here on KMOX, just pouring a coffee and talking some baseball. He's got a nice baseball team to work with, too, doesn't he?
5: Yeah, we're certainly excited about uh, Thursday coming, and, um, you know, I feel like... Big thing here is just get out of here healthy, and you know, fingers crossed. Next two days we can do that, and uh, Tuesday night we end up back in the loo. So yeah, we're all looking forward to
3: it. That's always the goal: get out of there healthy for sure. Uh, just to to concentrate on Ollie for a moment. What's been your observation here over the last few weeks? First time on the job, but somebody who has been in the organization for a while and knew not only what he was getting into, but what he had in front of him
5: that's right and and no real surprises um obviously long history with him he certainly understands the organization he knew what he was getting into so i think for the last three weeks everything's been extremely seamless and i think people are enjoying what they're seeing out of him and you know right now i think the vibe here in this camp's been great and you know obviously it starts with with him and i think all the coaches and everybody's really energized to just really get it started
3: it's going to get started on April 7th, as you mentioned, at Bush Stadium. couple games still to go, one tomorrow, one early on Tuesday. Then you're out of there, and you come back to St. Louis, and you'll come back to a roaring crowd on Thursday for a lot of reasons. I think they like the team. I think they understand that Yachty and Weino are together one more time, and then here comes number five. I mean, i it, you and I don't talk about free agents. We don't do it on the air. We don't do it off the air. But you said something on Sunday that got my attention – and I just wondered, because I was asking about the DH and, you know, does the, I felt like the DH needs to be able to play a position or multiple positions. And you said, well, we hope so. But, you know, we also want them to be someone there stable for uh, in case Goldie, Arnato need a day off. And it indicated that you were still looking for a right-handed DH, perhaps. I didn't say that on the air, but I thought it. And as it turns out, it wasn't just any right-handed DH. It was out of No, just
5: anyone. That's <laughs> right. Um, yeah, it had been something that we were thinking about, contemplating, and then, uh, you know, decided to uh, see if it could work out. And luckily it could. And, you know, I think, you know, so far it's just been fun to just see him smile walking around the clubhouse, uh, how he influences some of the younger players. And needless to say, his relationship with Yachty is, is you know, just a true friendship. So, you know, that's really cool to see. And I just think like, the, the impact he could make on our team is, is something that uh, is still a TBD, but I think from in terms of how it looks like it's going to work, it seems like it's going to be a, a pretty important part to our success. And so I do think we have two veteran hitters now, one by the name of Albert Pujols from the right side and Dickerson from the left. So I think it gives us some flexibility. And, of course, somebody like a new bar is going to get some at-bats as well but also can uh, really give the outfield respite when needed. So, you know, I think from a roster standpoint, things are falling into place. But, yeah, certainly excited that Albert uh, has reunited with the St. Louis Cardinals. And, you know, it just feels like that was the right thing to do.
3: And it's still, he can still rip left-handed pitching. You saw that for yourself, and, and there's no doubt uh, that he'll be utilizing that role. And then the other thing it does, Mo, is I think it takes a little bit of a of a pressure off of, maybe that's not the right term, but it just sort of slows down uh, Nolan Gorman and Juan Yepes' timeline just a bit. I mean, they can they can now get some A-Bs and, and work their way into what you need to, them to do.
5: Well, as, as you know, I've never been a big fan of taking a young player and, and not being able to provide them opportunity if I can have them playing every day somewhere else. So, you know, simply put, it does slow it down, but I do think those are probably two guys you're going to see at some point during the, during the season. 162 is a long year, and uh, lots of things happen, but I think this was just such a rare opportunity and a unique way to help someone finish their career that had such an impact for the St. Louis Cardinals for over a decade. So, um, you yeah, know, I think we're just lucky that we were able to put it all together, and I'm just glad we
3: it is exciting. There's no question about that. Uh, going back to young players, I, I, I feel like I talk about him every week, but Brendan Donovan is very impressive. It's, it's Overall, what has been your evaluation of him and, and what's the future for Brendan Donovan, your utility player?
6: Well, I think he
5: has a really bright future. The fact that he can play multiple positions, he gives you a good at-bat. Um, I think really the biggest change with him maybe from a year ago or two years ago, is just sort of that man strength. He's just he's up in the position now. I mean, obviously he opened up some eyes. We put him on the roster. It's past of season. offseason. But I think like the the impact he's made in this three-week camp has been really impressive.
3: I saw him on the backfields, and I was like, wow, who's the, that's Donovan? Wow, he's bigger than I thought. As you said, he's... He's a big boy. Um, he's got some strength, no doubt. And you have some depth there if you need it. And then I'm also curious about pitching. You know, We've discussed, we talked to Ollie last hour about the rotation with Waino and Michaelis and Mats and Hudson. That is a strong foursome. And then the question is what to do with five. And uh, it'll be interesting to see how that all plays out. I think that as we've learned in baseball, there are multiple ways to do it.
5: Yeah, that's right. And I don't think we have to answer that today. But um, I assure you, we're thinking about it. We're trying to just position ourselves with our roster. Um, obviously, we're going to have to have one here in a few days. But we're just trying to use the last bit of time we have to, to make any final decisions. Probably done it again this afternoon. And then we'll uh, have that uh, open-day roster by Thursday. So um, the good news is we have a lot of different options to go with. And, you know, sometimes you break camp and it's hard to fill out a 25-man roster or a 26-man roster, in this case a 28. But the good news is is we have a lot of players that played well in this camp, and uh, we're certainly excited about what our options look like.
3: Just seven minutes ago, the Cardinals officially announced that they've agreed with Harrison Bader on a two-year contract, avoiding, avoiding arbitration. So because that's official, you and I can chat about that for a moment, and Bader has really come into his own, not only as a defensive player, but it looks like he's really settled in at the plate so far. How did uh, that go down? Uh, a two-year deal with Bader.
5: Well, it was something that we were talking about. Obviously, a lot of things were different this year in terms of like the the arbitration process or the exchange date and all of that. So, you know, we weren't able to get anything done a week ago but we decided we'd keep trying and keep working at it. And ultimately uh, this past weekend we were able to uh, come to an agreement. So, yeah, I'm excited for him. I think it's a, a relief for him. I, I'm not sure that everybody quite always understands the arbitration process and how that works, but I think in you know his mind, he's just glad it's behind him and he, we know we have him for two years now and um I don't think we have to talk contracts, so that's good.
3: That's good. And there's still a little bit more uh that you had to do and this is again different, this arbitration process. Everything's kind of a little different. With spring training was at warp speed and arbitration uh, arbitration's usually handled a little bit earlier, but because of the lockout everything is is sort of overlapping, isn't it?
5: Yeah, it's really strange. Um, you know, this time of year usually you're you're kind of in cruise control as you're starting to approach the the opening day but there's still a lot of little things that we're trying to kind of navigate if you will and um, understand but you know ultimately the best part is baseball's back and we have a opener in st louis on thursday so from that standpoint i think all the little things and nuances that we're dealing with might not be normal but in the end it's all worth it
3: i if i could ask you before we go just a couple of health questions jack flaherty how is he doing in his program coming back
5: you know, I think it's just a steady progression. Um, nothing's being rushed at this point. Um, you know, I think we're still trying to assess what those next steps look like. But, you know, I think really the Jack Flaherty question is going to be sometime in, in you know, late April, early May, and that would be dictated if you're entering a throwing program.
3: And we're still status quo when it comes to Alex Reyes, right? We're, we're not going to see him for a little while.
5: That's right. I mean, I think, you know, they're different, but I think they're kind of on similar paths right now um, in terms of timing. But, you know, I think, again, at the end of April, early May, we'll probably have a better idea of how to assess that.
3: And continuing to watch Jordan Hicks' progression is exciting. I'll knock on wood on that, but it is, it is fun to see uh, a smile on his face and the competitiveness of that young man. That is, that is somebody you, you also missed last year.
5: Yeah, that's right. You know, obviously, just an elite talent when when healthy, and so fingers are crossed he can go out there and compete for us. And you know, I think the right now pitching coach manager they're just strategizing on how best to use him, how best to understand his recovery, because obviously the last few years just haven't gone well from a health standpoint. So everybody's just trying to understand how to best protect him and put him in a position for success. So. Um, I think it'll be interesting to see how the month of April he's used and, you know, ultimately we'll decide if that's the best path for him.
3: As always, we respect your time and we will respect it on Thursday. I do hope to catch up with you at some point before the game on Thursday and be able to talk and then it's on. Let's do it. Bush Stadium open for business and hopefully great weather and, and a great atmosphere overall, Mo.
5: Yeah, I'm looking forward to it. I think it'll be a special day, and, yeah, fingers crossed, weather's beautiful, but uh, more importantly, let's just get this thing started.
3: Let's go. I know we're all champing at the bit. Let's get it going. I appreciate the time very much. Thank you.
5: All right, thank you. Bye-bye.
3: There is the president of baseball operations, John Moselock, on a busy day in Jupiter. They are hustling. They're getting uh, everything together, getting bags packed, trucks packed, and they may have already sent a truck up here, I think. Uh, We're getting ready for Cardinal baseball on KMOX. Not today, as the Cardinals are off today from the Grapefruit League, but they're back tomorrow taking on the Washington Nationals. Uh, That game will be right here on KMOX at 12.05 tomorrow from Jupiter. And then there's a morning game. We need to make sure that Charlie and Amy are aware of the fact that they're going to be preempted by baseball. That doesn't happen very often. 10.05 first pitch, 955 pregame, as the Cardinals take on the Marlins on Tuesday. Then Wednesday, the team will be in St. Louis. They're going to fly home on Tuesday after that early game. Wednesday, they'll be back in their beds, so waking up and they'll go work out at Bush Stadium, get reacquainted with everything in the clubhouse, et cetera. And then Thursday, it is game time with Budweiser Kegs and Eggs, starting at 9 a.m. with Charlie and Amy. Tom Ackerman with you. Let's talk some golf. Dan Reardon.
2: You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. and Medella is your reward. Medella, the mark of a fighter. Trick responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Imports, Chicago, Illinois.
3: And the Masters next on KMOX. There's a
2: high fly ball. Welcome back to the Meyer Jensen Sports on a Sunday morning. And it's a gutter. Big fly, Nolan Ar- Meyer Jensen, a personal injury law firm, because sometimes the gloves have to come off. MeyerJensen.com. And the Billikens win this one. Touchdown, Kansas City! On America's Sports Voice,
3: KMOX. Sports on a Sunday morning continues from the Stiefel Sports Studio. Tom Ackerman with you, and we are joined by Dan Reardon, our longtime KMOX golf editor. How are you, Dan? I'm doing fine, Tom. Looking forward to going back to Augusta after a two-year hiatus. It is Masters week, and when do you get down there? I'm going in late. I'm actually going in Thursday morning. Uh, It's
6: a shorter turnaround than I usually have.
3: We have a few things going on here on Thursday, as you may know. Uh, But that's a big sports day, isn't it? I mean, you've got the Cardinals home opener and before that you get to watch a ceremonial tee shot and then the Masters gets underway. The anticipation is great and for what you just mentioned uh, it's the first time that everybody gets back together.
6: Yeah and you mentioned the ceremonial tee shot that's new this year because Tom Watson will join uh, Gary Player and Jack Nicklaus uh, on that first tee.
3: What do you think Dan? I mean what, what do you look forward to most when you get to Augusta National? What makes it so special above all others
6: well wow, that's a hard question um it's the facility it's it's the ground there there's a um there's a special you know people in st M- st louis know what it looks like to be at a major from a pga championship there's a difference between a major where they do a lot of construction and everything has to be set up in advance and augusta where everything is already there so it's it's you know it's washington avenue it's uh It's it's making the turn into the press parking. Everything that you become so familiar with over the years is what makes Augusta, I think, special for all of us who have a chance to do that.
3: And you have so many people that you're able to reconnect with, and I know that it's a special place and a special time and place. And I guess, you know, when you start things off, when you think of the Masters, you think of Tiger Woods and his recent success there, but there have been some big names through the years, uh, and especially recently who have worn that green jacket, I get asked all the time, who's your pick, who's your favorite. The name that comes to mind for me is the number one, and that's John Rahm. I just think that he is uh, due for a big, big weekend at Augusta. What do you think?
6: In addition to the fact that he has a top four and a top five in his short history at Augusta, uh, comes You know, the funny thing about this year going into Augusta, Tom, is that every name that you would normally pick uh, because they're proven winners haven't won in this calendar year. It's been Cameron Smith. It's been Victor Hovland. It's been Scotty Scheffler, who have been the guys who have had the multiple wins, but the Roms, the Thomases, the McElroys, the Johnsons, uh, none of them have a win in 2022. So it's sort of an upside-down year going into the championship, and and I think that probably makes it a little more wide open. Those names I just mentioned, Hovland, Smith, and uh, um, Scheffler, never have won a major championship and yet Cameron Smith has had a, a, a runner up finish at the masters. Hovland is a, a talent and, and Scheffler looks like the, he looks like the next John Rahm. So it's, it's a really funny year in terms of t- trying to handicap the field.
3: Uh, we recently had the emergence of Will Zalatoris, an, an exciting young player. I'm looking forward to seeing what he does this time around. He's an exciting young
6: player with a really bad putty uh, stroke. And, uh, He played well there uh, a year ago. Um, As you said, Tom, a a really exciting talent, tee to green. I I just can't imagine a guy with that kind of weakness on the green um, picking up a Masters win, at least at this age.
3: When you think of uh, the greats, of course, I mentioned Tiger Woods. What did you make of the practice round that he had there not too long ago?
6: Well, let's, let's look at the positive and the negative. He hasn't announced what he's – he doesn't have to announce anything. He's in the field. He, he, he matched the requirements of PGA Tour by not withdrawing on Friday. So he could withdraw as, as late as Thursday morning if, if, if he wanted to. But let's look at the positives and the negatives. First of the positives, the injury is to his right leg. That's the leg that he would need to push off. That's the leg that would be stressed the most in playing at the Masters. The odd thing about this very, very hilly golf course at Augusta, there's really only one shot that you play over 18 holes where you push hard off the right leg, and that's the second shot on 18. It is a downhill golf course. So from a playing standpoint, Augusta actually fits pretty well into the idea of a weak right leg and a strong left leg for Tiger. Now let's look at the downside. The downside is the course is 7,500 yards long, and that means over four days, He's going to walk somewhere in the vicinity of 18 to 20 miles on a really hilly piece of terrain. What we saw 90 days ago in Florida doesn't suggest that he's healthy enough to do that. So if he plays, I think he can play the golf shots. It will remain to be seen whether he can walk all the
3: golf shots. Dan Reardon is with us. He'll be in Augusta on Thursday for the Masters. We talked about John Rahm and then Scotty Scheffler, who's won three of the last five tournaments and is now the official number one in the world. We discussed those two players. I think there's a decent chance that the winner comes out of this trio. Justin Thomas, who played with Tiger in that practice round several days ago. Colin Morikawa, who's one of the hottest talents on tour. And quite honestly, Jordan Spieth uh, came off a really nice year, didn't he? He did. And the funny thing about Jordan is Jordan
6: gets good when he gets to Augusta, even if he hasn't been good before that time. That, that, that golf course, that setting really turns him on. You know, he won back in 2015, but he's contended uh, several times and had some really brilliant rounds at that golf course. Everybody is waiting for Justin Thomas to put up that, that second major. You know, everybody expected that by this time. And in the case of Morikawa, he's halfway to a grand slam at, at his current age. But let, Let's throw in a couple of other names. Rory McIlroy needs to win a Masters to complete the career slam. And I'll give you a name that people aren't talking about simply because he hasn't done anything in the way of winning. Who's the guy that always shows up and wins a major from time to time? That would be a guy named Brooks Kepka. Mm-hmm. And Kepka has always been a good good fit for Augusta. His game is well suited to that golf course. So as like I said this is a this is a field that everybody can look at and pick a favorite and, uh, and make an argument for or against.
3: I love that uh, McElroy story. I love your pick of Kepka now that you picked him, but the, you bring up Kepka uh, and the opportunity to win there. I love the McElroy story, the career slam. He seems to be a sentimental favorite to a lot of uh, people in in the game. that, you know, that, that would just be you know, if you're rooting for a story, that's a good one always.
6: He always has one bad round. Mm. If he could ever put four decent rounds together, he would be spectacular enough for three of them to win this championship. And two quick notes on the golf course. It has been changed. The par 411th is now playing at 550 yards downhill, and the the 15th has been lengthened to make it more challenging as a two-shot hole.
3: I can't wait to hear your takes on this all week. Before we go, Dan, just to make a local point, I wanted to get your thoughts on the Ascension Charity Classics recent announcement that they're partnering now with Nicholas Design and the Metropolitan Amateur Golf Association, Tom O'Toole, Beyond Housing, on Normandy uh, to get Normandy restored, refurbished, uh, and revitalized. So, What's your feeling on that partnership and what's happening right now in North County?
6: The thing, The thing you need to keep in mind and nick rangone is the person you need to keep in mind along with jack nicholas is they're trying to revitalize north county and if you draw a line from norwood hills country club where they played the ascension charity classic to normandy you cut through all of north county and what they're hoping to do there is they're hoping to repeat what we see uh with the tour championship at east lake they're trying to build out the area and i talked to nick rangone when they made the announcement about the president's cup about that that very concept, are they going to ally with the the Nicholas people and try to build the community between those two golf courses? That's what you really want to watch, is what is the outgrowth from both of these events impacting all of North
3: County? Yeah, that is uh, Normandy and Belnor. We also have Norwood Hills, of course, is the Ascension Charity Classic, and you mentioned Nick Ragone, the Executive Vice President at Ascension, who also has the APGA Tour starting now, the Advocates Professional Golf Association, and they will have their event at Glen Echo. So there's Dan talking about all those North County uh, locations, and that's an interesting uh, perspective and take on it for sure. Dan, we know this. Augusta, Georgia is the site of what many people believe is the finest golf course on the planet, and we'll see how that plays Thursday through Sunday at the Masters. We can't wait for your coverage. Yeah, we can't wait to hear what Tiger decides. I know. That's going to be big. We will say so long for sports on a Sunday morning. For our producer, James O'Sullivan, I'm Tom Ackerman. Thanks to John Mosellock for being with us last segment and Ollie Marmel in the first segment. Cardinal baseball, no game today, but they'll be back tomorrow for a game against the Washington Nationals, then a Tuesday morning game before the home opener on Thursday. We can't wait. Thanks for joining us from the Stiefel Sports Studio in downtown St. Louis.